Are you ready? A shot of wrestling. Episode 124. And away we go. Step up to the break, we got MJP and Green Man. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 124 of A Shot of Wrestling. I am your host, at Michael J. Putty. Now, sometimes I'll tell you I'm coming from Omega Studios, but this week, fuck that. I had enough of this heat wave. I had enough of this hot, humid weather. Not, not, that, not this week. This week, I'm staying home in the comfort of my AC. Too fucking hot. Let me relax. It's been a long-ass week. I'm trying to stay in the AC as long as possible. Ugh. Can't wait for the summer to be over. Bring on the winter. Can't wait for December. And, uh, you know, speaking of December... Let's go to this week's Shot of Wrestling replay. This pay-per-view had an attendance of 4,800 people and received about 90,000 pay-per-view buys, with 55,000 of that being domestic, the lowest buy rate in WWE history. Of course, until the introduction of the WWE Network, when people stopped buying pay-per-views. This event was such a debacle that it led Paul Heyman to leave the WWE creative team. So I guess at the very least, you know, this pay-per-view is kind of historic. And, you know, I love history. So let's get right into it. December to dismember. December 3rd, 2006, the James Brown Arena in Augusta, Georgia. The Hardy Boys defeated Eminem in 22 minutes, 33 seconds. Boss Mahoney defeated Matt Stryker in a Strikers Rules match in 7 minutes, 12 seconds. Elijah Burke and Sylvester Turkai defeated FBI in 6 minutes and 41 seconds. Davari defeated Tommy Dreamer in 7 minutes, 22 seconds. Ariel and Kevin Thorne defeated Kelly Kelly and Mike Knox in 7 minutes, 43 seconds. And in a main event... Bobby Lashley defeated The Big Show, CM Punk, Hardcore Holly, Rob Van Dam, and Test in what is considered the worst Elimination Chamber match of all time for the ECW World Heavyweight Championship in 24 minutes and 42 seconds. I actually didn't watch this pay-per-view at all. And of course, I watched every pay-per-view, but for some reason I did not watch this one. And uh, I didn't miss it. So I'm going to watch it here now. And let's see how it goes. I mean, how bad could it be? Okay. To be considered one of the worst pay-per-views of all time? Let's, let's find out. Let's embark on this journey together. If you haven't watched it, go check it out in the ECW section, year 2006. Now, for me, long, long time ago, long time ago, I gave up soda. No real reason. I just stopped drinking it. Stopped drinking it cold turkey. And then for some reason, I gave up beer. No reason. Just gave up beer. Then I got stricken with the fucking shitty acid reflux disease. So a doctor told me to stay away from carbonation, such as soda and beer, because it could aggravate my condition. And you know, make me sick, which has done in the past. And it's a fucking bitch. Man, I shut down when that acts up. The only thing I do is really just drink water constantly to just try to alleviate the carbonation, the aggravation. So. so from there, that's what kind of led me to just drink Jack or Jack Honey on the rocks. But you know, they give it to you in such a small glass. So by the, you know, I'm done drinking it after a couple of sips when Green Man has hardly made a dent into his cranberry vodkas. And our last viewing party, I decided, you know, this is a travesty. I'm waste, such a waste of money. Let me try to bring back an old friend of mine, Jack and Coke. Let me just say some money. It's so expensive. I thought it would take me longer to drink one of those drinks. Because by the time I drink one of those, I probably drink two or three of Jack Honey on the Rocks. You know, it's, it's diluted in a glass full of ice. You know, the Jack, a 
and the ice water probably dilutes the carbonation. You know, so thankfully it didn't bother me at all. I was able to enjoy myself, you know, save us a couple bucks. So tonight, we're going to try it again. I got my Jack and Coke here. So far, so good. So, you know, fingers crossed. Let's see what happens here. And of course, this past week was the 4th of July. I hope you all had a fun, happy, safe, enjoyable 4th of July. You know, I, I, I hate the 4th of July. This year finally confirmed it. Something that's bothered me for a while. This year finally confirmed it. Hate the 4th of July. First of all, it's too fucking hot. Too fucking hot. I'm not a fan of fireworks. I don't, I don't get the appeal. All right, a couple fireworks here and there. But 25 minutes, 30 minutes of nonstop firework? Get the fuck out of here. I got better things to do with my life. Ugh. Not really, but but every year, there's some schmuck, you know, who decides to shoot fireworks off of here in the neighborhood. Bro, I'm trying to relax. It's my day off of work. Let me lay on the couch. Let me relax and unwind. I don't hear these fucking loud noises ruining my evening. Well, this year, wouldn't you know, like three doors down from me, I'm not sure if it was three doors down on my side or on the other side of the block, but some asshole decides to shoot fireworks. Not the, not the fun fireworks you do at a barbecue with your friends. No, like the like the mortar ones. They have the light and step back. The one that goes straight up to the sky, lights up, big loud noises. Douche. Just because you shop at Macy's doesn't mean you're eligible to shoot fireworks off in your back and backyard. All right, some guy here in New York fucking lost his hand because he just did the same thing. It went on all night, my friends. Oh, so fucking pissed. Oh, so pissed. Thankfully, it stopped around 11, which I think legally they have to. But uh, yeah, I fucking hate 4th of July. I love the fact that I'm off, though, from work. You know, that's great. And so on Tuesday night, I was able to relax and enjoy myself because no asshole shooting fireworks. So I watched the ride along with the Iconics and Rusev Day. My first ride along episode ever. It's pretty fucking enjoyable. So I'm looking forward to maybe this upcoming weekend, maybe next week, watching more ride alongs. If you haven't watched ride along, you're missing out. Check ride along out. It's great. But from there, I watched the Jeff Jarrett collection on the network. You know what I liked about it was that it had a little couple minutes of interviews with him and then a match, match or two, and then go back to him talking about something. And I always prefer those like documentary-style DVDs as opposed to those straight-up matches. So if you're a Jeff Jarrett fan or know nothing about him, definitely check out the collection. It was interesting. Watch some of his old-school stuff. Those classic, iconic Jeff Jarrett promos. There's 13 weeks of that. Holy crap, that's a lot of promos. It was great. Nice walk down memory lane. And then, you know, honestly here, from the bottom of my heart, if I ever have a kid, this is a collection I definitely want to show him. Definitely show her the Batista one. But, uh, yeah, folks, honestly, I don't know. Doesn't doesn't look like I'm going to have a kid anytime soon. So I'm thinking, maybe I'll just borrow Green Man's and teach him about these wrestling greats that, you know, he won't teach him. You know, the CM Punks of the world that he's been indoctrinated by by his father. Uncle MJP is here for you, Green Boy. Okay? And somebody else I would love to talk to Green Boy about is this week's guest. This week, Green Man sits down with the ace that runs the place, Ace Andrews. So Green Man, take it away. All right, Michael J. Putty. We have another exclusive interview here on A Shot of Wrestling. It is my pleasure to bring a friend to this show, the ace that runs the place, Ace Andrews. How are you, my man, and welcome to A Shot of Wrestling. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad to be here. I'm, I'm honored to be here, I, honestly. You know, it, it, it's something I've always wanted to do. Uh, you're too kind, man, and I really appreciate you. We have gotten... Uh, to know each other through independent wrestling and it really um, echoes the sentiment that we always say that wrestling brings us together you're one of the people that we're very grateful that wrestling has brought into our circle of trust i guess you could say yeah okay. it, that's, that's true 
Keep going. <laughs> the last, <laughs> let's start from the last time we tried to get you on a shot of wrestling. It was at our first uh, viewing party um, at the Crown Room in Bayside. It was a big pull for us. Finally, we were able to do a viewing party. And not only that, but we were going to do it big. We were going to do it with a live interview. First time ever for a shot of wrestling. And then that interview gets interrupted by Absolute Alvin Alvarez. I'm really sorry about that. Um, security yeah. has definitely beefed up at the last parties that we've thrown. But how did you I feel so. leaving that night after everything that happened? With, with the big lump on my head? Yeah, I, I was a little um, little dazed, you know, but luckily I had my beautiful girlfriend, Kate, with me, and she drove us home, and I went straight to bed after that, to be honest. The next day I had to, you know, we collect my thoughts and put everything together. And I, I was a little more pumped for the last man standing match than I was before. So, okay, it was quite a, what an experience that was, you know? It was an experience. And we were so happy that the end of that experience ended with you finally putting the final nail in the coffin of your rivalry with Absolute Alvin. But it got very personal for a while. Um, did a lot of that personal um, friction come into play once the family started getting involved? It did. There was no reason for my mother to be involved at all. My mom, she always comes to, well, she comes to most of the events. And when she does, she's very passionate. She screams and cheers louder than everyone. She's a, you know, uh, a, uh, how do I put it? Let's, let's go with passionate, strong, Puerto Rican influence in the crowd. Okay? Gotcha. Very loud. Everyone sees her. And um, you can't ignore her. So, of course, all the negative things that she was throwing towards Alvin, you know, must have rattled him. What a moment it was at the last man standing match. My mom saving me, actually, from being absolutely decimated by the, uh, the trash can. Yeah. If you weren't there, everyone listening, if you weren't there for the last man standing match, it was... um. It was a very interesting contest, of course, but my mom stopping that trash can was probably like one of the biggest moments for me, you know, not only as a wrestler, but as a, just as a son, you know, just a mom protecting her son from, uh, from absolute terror. Before it even got to the last man standing match, even just as if we're picking the brain of people who are creatively putting a show together, putting a last man standing match has to have a purpose. There has to be, you know, a build to that. You know, two personalities must clash so badly that a last man standing match is the only way to end a feud. And what a feud you had. I mean, stitches, blood. You know, hard, there was just so much. How did you feel? Because I know Alvin has a nice little memory of you. How did you feel to send him to the hospital? You know, it was, and like, I got a, this is a treat for everyone here that's listening to the show now. Let me, let me, um, let me give you a little something. All right. The match with myself and Alvin the first time, it was, I mean, it was supposed to be, I guess, like a one and done. Um, and it was, it was, you know, just even the first time, it was just a pleasure just to be in the ring with him, you know, just to, even if he beats me, fine. I learn from defeat. You move on. It's pro wrestling. You know, the stitches, the blood that, that when our two heads collided, boom. And then he's bleeding out of his eye and bleeding out of my chin. The referee's telling us, like, hey, guys, you know, do you want to, like, just stop the match or whatever? And we both kept going. I had a lot of respect for Alvin mm -hmm. for that during that match. The fact that it was apparently, I can't, and this is 
honest to God. Apparently, this was requested for the rematch because this dude became a blood feud. There was clapping for both of us, for both myself and Alvin, for the effort we put in the ring. And I can't take that away from Alvin at all. Um, our rivalry was, you know, supposed to be, you know, that's it. He'd move on, I'd move on, and we go from there. But it was this, this one match, this one-time match turned into a five, six-month feud. Yeah, and each match, and this is just as me as a fan being there, I got more and more invested. There were layers to it, and mm -hmm. that's something that I, I even told in my um, social circle, you know, outside of wrestling, I'm like, these guys who don't have any TV time, these guys are making something happen organically through social media. So fill me in on how important social media is in the world of professional wrestling today. It's, it's everything now. It's a blessing um, and it's a curse. <laughs> uh, it is, and, and you know what? You're laughing and, and you know why. I know, yeah. I, I feel like the blessing, everyone knows where the shows are. Okay, on this date, on July 13th, ECW is going to host this um, Red Ride and Brews show and they're going to come to the Bronx and here's the date, here's the belt time, here's the address, here's everything. Here's the card, here's the lineup. Get excited for it, get hyped and cool. And you know what? This is why independent wrestling got bigger. And it's because of social media. Right. This goes beyond word of mouth now. Mm -hmm. Now now we see, like, okay, we got to be at this show on this day, and then the next one over here, whatever. And before, it was just like, hey, tell a friend, tell a friend, and then that's that. It's, it's one probably one of, the, one of the biggest reasons why Evolve got so big, why Ring of Honor got bigger than expected. But, and it's through social media. I think it's helped the business a lot in many ways that you don't have to be on Monday Night Raw to be noticed. At least it could be just being a one-minute video on Instagram just to mm -hmm. see someone's stuff. The negative part, it's now you see what's going on behind the scenes of professional wrestling. Now everyone knows everything. Now everyone's a smart fan or they think they're a smart fan. The perfect example is Tommaso Ciampa on how he handles himself on social media, how he still has this attitude towards the fans and his opponent and his his thoughts on the business and everything is there and you're not you're not getting everything from him but you're getting enough to believe in that Tommaso Ciampa isn't just a character that this is actually him the undertaker right. isn't on twitter he's not on social media at all and that makes you believe in the gimmick even more so you know, it has its pros and cons. Absolutely. But there is a level of investment that not everybody gets. And maybe it could be an age difference. You know, you're a younger guy, so you get the social media importance a lot more. But in a time where you don't have that TV time, yeah. social media is your TV time. You know, you're Definitely. thanking us for having you on our show. But essentially, you know, you're good for us. We're good for you because you're mm -hmm. using your time to put yourself out there. And not everybody gets that, but that's how you get over, you know, taking yeah. in, for example, like a, mm -hmm. a, a Joey Janela, you know, that, that guy is everywhere. It's in every, everybody knows the name Joey Janela by now, but only now two, I do, but no, only two years ago. And this is where, where, when I came first into the independent wrestling scene, I may have briefly heard about the name Joey Janela, but I didn't know who he was until I got to I the didn't. venue. Um, I didn't. yeah, but it's because of social media. You're able to get to know them on a different level. And you do it very well. I think you promote your matches in, in a way that it becomes, you blur the lines a little bit about that real and fiction. Um, and you right. really stress on 
why it's so important to you as the person, as Ace Andrews, as that newcomer into BCW, as someone who's starting to create the name, as someone who, through social media, I know you're passionate about becoming BCW champion one day. That's right. You know, the company... That's not a, a, uh, how do I put it? That's not fake at all. That big gold belt that Azrael's wearing, I want that. But I want to be the man for that. And if one day, if I ever do get a title match against him, It'll be a test for me as a as a wrestler, as a worker, to keep up with Azrael and take him down. And that's that's you know that's that's a shoot straight up. Yeah. You know, I'm work I'm working to be the best. I'm not here to just be. Um, oh hey, look, I'm here to wrestle. That's great. No, no, no. I'm here to be on the top of the card with the big gold belt around my waist, and that's that's a goal. So knowing that it is a goal, obviously, you know, the responsibility that comes behind it as a BCW champion. What do you expect to set the tone if and when you become BCW champion? I'll, I'll say the word if, you know, I can't. Nothing's guaranteed at all. Um, the tone I would set it would be just go out there, work your ass off, get the people invested in you to believe in you. Or if you're not a, uh, a fan favorite. However, go out there and just put the best work that you can. That management cannot ignore to put you, um, not, not to put you in the main event, not to put you in the ring with the champion. And if you are that guy, you are the man. A lot of pressure. Yeah. A lot of pressure. You got you to gotta go out there and you got to make sure everyone that paid their hard-earned money just to see professional wrestling, that when the champ shows up, they're getting a championship-worthy contest in that ring. I've been champ before. I've had that pressure on me. I've been the top of the card. I've had the long matches. I had a classic match with Smiley. I've had a classic match with Grim. I had a few classic matches with Grim Reefer. You know, it's, it's, I've had a ladder match. I've had all of that in the main event, last spot on the show. And it, it, it's nothing like it when you go out there and the crowd just claps and they support you. I'm, I'm surprised of just, just the response that I get from the people at all sometimes and whether they like me or not that's totally up to them and i totally respect their opinion on that it's just when i go out there you gotta know you're getting your money's worth watching pro wrestling live at bcw especially that's that's where my heart and soul is right now how did you land into bcw because you mentioned you've you were a champion somewhere else where were you a champion before fpw Right. And leaving that company, what set your eyes on BCW? What made that company stand out out of all the other? I mean, because the New York uh, independent scene is very competitive right now. There are many other yes, companies is. you could have come, come into. Mm-hmm. Why BCW? Well, I, as, a, as a student at FPW, I would, you, you know, if, if you pay your dues, you, you know, you set up the ring, you break it down or whatever. BCW is one of the shows that I would do that for. Okay. And it's, it's, there's, no, there's no shame in that at all. You know, just like how the guys do it now, they're just paying their respect to the guys who've, who've done this before and busted their ass just to work in that ring to go go to the back, change, and then break down their ring, put it in the truck or whatever. That's just that's just how it goes, apparently. You know, and you gotta gotta do your respect on that. ECW was that show, and I'll tell you this: as I'm there and I'm watching, you know, every BCW show that's going on, whatever. What really caught my eye was the tournament to crown the first BCW champion. I have my opinions on it, and I think one day, uh, one day I'm going to share this with everyone, how I felt about 
Mike Orlando and Darius Carter going because I was I was into that. I right. was like, this is this is going to be the match if they happen to go up against each other. Like, this is the match I got to see, you know. But they happen to be on the same bracket, I guess, or whatever. So it was a semifinals match. That was my finals to me, and that's no disrespect to to Azrael at all. But it was stuff like that, just like an old school tournament. Just like that's 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 wrestling right there. That's how you find who's the better man. Yeah, stuff like that you don't see in the independent wrestling anymore because everyone wants to promote their show. Oh, this show is going to be like this. Well, not only this, yeah, nah. but this is uh. If you miss this show, then you miss what happened in the quarterfinals and you miss what happened in the semifinals. And I was like, I wanted to be in this tournament. And of course, I wasn't ready, maybe. Right. But now I'm here in BCW. Now. I wish the tournament was going on. But stuff like that. It's just like old school tournaments and, and good wrestling. That's what I see in BCW and that's why I wanted to that's why I wanted to work there. And the competition has gotten so much better and stronger at BCW. I think the boys are and girls are really going out of their way to put the best show together from top to bottom. Um, now you mentioned, you know, paying your dues, you got to set up the ring, but is there any other area of the professional wrestling world that you want to explore as part of your career other than a wrestler? No, not at all. Uh, you know, and that's no respect to the referees and commentators and, and ring, ring bearers and all that. It, it, it's, I only see myself in the wrestling business as a wrestler. I've teased the idea that one day maybe I'll be a, a wrestling owner, wrestling company owner, who knows? Mm -hmm. You know, it, that's something I think I would love to do. But maybe at, uh, you know, in the later stages of my life. Well, um, do, you, do you watch the Honeymooners? Um, yeah, back uh, when I was in high school, actually. That's the show that I used to go to sleep to <laughs> on Pix yeah. 11. I, I know it's random, but it, it, there's this famous quote that was from the Honeymooners. And it, it's, how I, it's how I see everything in life. Mm -hmm. And that is, be nice to the people on the way up. Because you just might see him on the way down. Very true. Very true. So you never know. You never know, guys. Never know. Is there never anybody know. that you've shared a locker room with that has shared a story with you that you, at this point, treasure as one of those great moments in your career? I can think of a few. Oh, you know what? I'll tell you this. I'll be. I'll be. I'll try to be quick with this story. Go for it. My second match was against Eric Jaden in FTW. And um, it was my first singles match, too. And I was still learning how to do everything in the ring and how to just just how to move about. And, and there's, there's no shame in that at all. And it was just more about the development feeling, you know. And, you know, Eric Jaden is my opponent. Do you happen to know what his name was before that, before Eric Jaden? For the definition of authority and sexiness? Before all that. No. Before all that. Fill me in. His, his name was Eric Draven. Interesting. So, you know, of course, I saw Eric as a mentor. You know, even when we're training, even though I'm training in the ring and he's there and he's watching or whatever, you know, he's, he's told me, hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to be your opponent. You better step it up and be ready because I'm not kind to anyone in my ring. You know, I was like, okay, no problem, sir. No big deal. You know, we're, we're going to just... I'm going to see what's going on. But I gotten to know Eric as a mentor. And even to this day, I still talk to him about like things in wrestling. And he gives me great advice on everything. But back to the story, Eric was telling me how he needed to like express and be himself and how he wants to be flamboyant and show it off, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, that's cool. You know, he's like, I don't, I'm thinking about changing my name. I'm like, oh, all right. I mean, I like, I like Eric Draven or whatever. 
I don't know how it happened, but on one day, one day after training or something like that, I was like, hey, you know, maybe I have two names for you. The first name is blah, blah, blah. I forgot. Even telling the story, I don't even know what the, the other option was. The second one was Jaden. I said, hey, what about, uh, what about Eric Jaden? And he goes, Jaden, Jaden. I like that. <laughs> I like that. So uh, there you go. That's how Eric Jaden got his name. You're welcome, buddy. You're welcome. He's going to kill me, possibly. I don't know. But it was, that, that was that's a moment. See, why am I bringing this story up? It's because someone as experienced and as amazing as Eric Jaden is, he took advice from uh, a, a nobody like me, you know? And now he's Eric Jaden. Full-blown. And it's it's so cool when I see him on posters and flyers with the name and stuff. I'm like, he listened to a creative suggestion for me and it's it's so him it's so him yeah. you know he owns that name he owns that gimmick eric Jaden knows himself and it's so effing cool and yeah. i want to be like eric Jaden. and when you know when you learn about yourself who you are the wrestler i want that in me. i'm still going through that as a young wrestler but mm-hmm. like something like that that's that's gold to me you know no, yeah, no, absolutely. And while we're thanking Eric Jaden for for all his contributions, I think you know it. We, me, and you have a very similar experience. Um, I think, but it's just to Eric, who Eric Jaden is as a person. You know, he's willing to listen to other people. He's willing to hear advice. I mean, out of anyone, he was the first one who came up to me and Michael J. Putty and actually had a regular conversation and broke down, you know, the evening of a card at BCW and really explained to us, I don't know how to say it, but I don't, it, for lack of better terms, but gave us like the respect as, as individuals to say like, Hey, these are not just fans. They're really interested in the business. They, and you know, I'm going to talk to them like I would, you know, one of the workers and he did, and he broke it down to us and he continues to sow in us, uh, the knowledge that he, that he has. And at times he humbles himself to be like, Hey, what do you think about this? I want to do this. And I'll be like, I'm humble because I am like, I can't believe you're coming to me for that advice, you know, but I'll tell you how, how it's, how it looks like as a fan, you know? And I think that. That's something that, you know, he appreciates and not everybody gets. So it's important. But while we're talking about just other people in professional wrestling, are there any other mentors? Mm-hmm. You talked about Eric Jade. Are there other, any other mentors along your career that you've had that you want to thank at this moment? There's, I mean, there's a lot of guys like Eric that just, I learned a lot from, you know, I, I, I could just, I'll just start dropping names, but then there's, there's, there's two big ones or three. I'll go with three big ones. Um, just West Draven, Kono. Um, Eric Jaden, definitely, you know, uh, do you remember the Sicilian slammer, uh, Fabio? I don't know if you started the, in the circuit by then or whatever. He was in FTW, but I gotta, I thank him a lot. You know, he was in my beginning days. He was just like teaching me, yo, you gotta toughen up. You gotta stand straight. You gotta do, you gotta be, be the man that you are, you know, because in that locker room, no one gives a shit about you. You gotta, you gotta take care of yourself. Now I thank Fabio for that. You know, that's, that's, that's great advice. Um, there's, I know I'm missing a lot of people, but it's, it's the three big ones are definitely um, Earl Cooter, Brian Idle. Yeah. Uh, he, you know, obviously it's his, FCW's his company. He brought me in. He gave me a chance and he trained, he helped train me, pushed me. I, I, I didn't, I don't even know if I deserved it or not. He pushed me because he believed in me. And that's, that's like, I'm super humble for. And every time I've, I've even wrestled with him or whatever, every time I just listen to him, he just, yo, just, Go out there, go have fun. 
you know, and then the mistakes just learn from them or whatever. And was he harsh? Yes, but it's, it's, it's tough love. You know, he's not doing it just to be, he's not counting, he's not counting on me just to be a dick. He's just being that mentor because he was at one point in my place. Uh, Matt Stryker, he mm-hmm. was the guy who started training me oh, wow. for about, uh, say yes, Matt Stryker was one of my trainers. He would help me with, uh, my, my goofiness that I still show is, hey, I can't help it. You know, <laughs> I am who I am. Yeah. I, I won't, I won't shy away from it, you know, but he was like, hey, uh, you know, he do this, do that. I'm learning, like, and the, but he's the guy that would tell me why we do what we do when we do it. Why do we do this? Why do we drop down and and do this stuff? I'm not going to go into the examples because those are parts of the business that maybe should just stay in the business. If you want to be a wrestler? Go learn to be a wrestler. Go to FTW. They train everyone. It's great. You know, um, as long as you have the heart for it, of course, or else it's just not right, work. Right. But Striker was telling me, you do this. Because of this and this. And I always had that question, why do I do this? And I'm not trying to sound disrespectful. Why do I do this? And he'll tell me why. And I've learned so much from wrestling. The biggest influence, I think you all know already, my greatest rival, my, uh, <laughs> my God. I got, I got a lot of names for this guy. But definitely one of my, definitely my biggest influence, without a doubt, is the Grim Reefer. The man who trained me. The man who built me up, broke me down, rebuilt me, broke me down, rebuilt me, and made me the wrestler I am today. Mm-hmm. He put a lot of faith in me. He stayed a lot of hours after after class just to help me get stuff done or whatever. And every match that I had with him was always amazing. Even my first one, I was like super green. I was greener than you. <laughs> All right? He brought me to like, I'll say, I want to say classic. I'm not going to say I you know. But it was, it was a classic in my heart. It was amazing just to see what I can do. Is all right, kid. That's that's. This is you. You know, you lost. You got beat. You got destroyed. I had marks and I was red and bloody or whatever. He says you put your fucking work in, and then and that was a rivalry. And that's still. I mean, who knows if I have a wrestling again or not? But that was like a good indie rivalry. I'm I'm not doing to put myself over. I'm putting him over on everything because he's the one that came up with everything. And the Grim Reefer deserves so much more credit than I'm giving him now. Um, So let's get into it because right before the show started, we were going to get into a conversation where we're going to start discussing the state of professional wrestling. And I'm curious, (laughs) I'm very curious to hear your thoughts on where do you think professional wrestling is right now? Where do you think it's going? Are we in a good place right now? Or are are there things that professional wrestling needs to work out? Okay. So let's talk about the state of professional wrestling. Where to start? Because you have WWE. You have, I mean, of course, along with NXT, you have New Japan Pro Wrestling, who's making a big, big, uh, I want to say homecoming or rivalry or whatever. But then, you know, they're being recognized as the second biggest company yeah. in professional wrestling in, in, in the world. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. And I never really followed them like that, but here they are. You have Ring of Honor. You have Evolve. Then you have Indie Wrestling itself. I'm pretty sure I'm missing so many other companies. Yes, I miss Impact Wrestling on purpose. They're getting better. Great. Keep it up, boys. Lucha Underground. Um, Lucha Underground's another one. That's, that, what they're doing is very different, and it works for them. I think it's super cool. That's, I think I named all the big players at yeah. the moment. And then, do you even count all in? 
not uh, yet. Right? Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Uh, yeah, because we really want to see what's going to go on. What's is it a one hit wonder or is it something that that the three of them could really grow? You know, talking about the Young Bucks and Cody Rhodes. How interesting that the show didn't even happen yet. Didn't even happen yet, and they want a second one. We didn't even see. We didn't see a. a, a we didn't see a bump yet. I know who's. Nothing. I know who's attending. But who? What are the matches? That's what surprises the hell out of me. That we really haven't started building the card yet. Yet you sell out in less than thirty minutes. We're talking about the state of wrestling, and this is very interesting. I don't think it matters about the card at all. It's not about that. This is a wrestling revolution. Is it a big middle finger to WWE? Maybe. You know, I think this is. It's a very anti-WWE toxic crowd at the moment, possibly, and who knows, and it's in Chicago, and we all know who's from, famously from Chicago, who may yeah. or may not be there, and you say he's not going to be there, fine, great, I'm not I'm not hanging out either. Let the man retire and be happy. I love him to death, but, you know, if he's done with wrestling, let him be done with wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone, everyone who's anyone in not WWE, I didn't say just indie wrestling, not WWE, wants to be on that show. And WWE, you can say it or not, purposely didn't let go of anyone that could possibly do the 90-day clause, non-complete clause or whatever, just so they don't have to be on this show. Right. That is, that. that's how they recognize this show. Very, very interesting. And they want a second one? Hasn't even happened yet. So this is, it's all going down when that show happens. The state of wrestling is now, one of the biggest things is it's revolving around that. Who is going to be on this show? And, and, and the crazy part is, it's just like WrestleMania. It's not even about what the matches are. That comes second, I should say. That comes second. Mm-hmm. What really matters is who is going to be there, who is going to build, what's going to happen, what they're going to say, what they're going to do, and how is, how is you know Big Brother going to see that? How is WWE going to see this show? And should they be scared? Probably shouldn't be. But who knows, right? Yeah, it's it's amazing. I think, um, you know, I've talked a lot of wrestling with a lot of other people. I think I'll give him credit. Patrick from the Boulevard Bully said it um, best when he came on the show once. He said, you know, WWE has been focused so much to putting the product of professional wrestling into people's homes. Like that's been their Mm -hmm. focus. How could I get the product into people's homes while the independent scene has been focusing on trying to get the product in people's hands? And that is the difference. I think that's where the the revolution of the indie scene is is breaking out right now because there is so much competition. There's so many companies trying to put that product in your hands. You know, so the barrier, unbeknownst to them, that WWE has created is that they have gotten so large that they have separated themselves from putting the product in people's hands. But now it's all about the network. It's all about social media. But yet that is also a barrier that does not put Kevin Owens in my hands, in my city, in my town. That's that's also a barrier that doesn't put a great show. And that's something that NXT doesn't have because they're a little bit of a smaller company. And they're also focusing on creating their shows with smaller crowds. Um, so they're, they're stealing the model a little bit from the independent scene where they're trying to put that product in people's hands. And they're really focusing on those tours to go out there and, and really work the smaller venues, allow people to work their crafts. But I think that is the... That's one of the biggest ideas of why the indie scene is breaking out so much. And there's so much great talent out there. 
There's so much. Can I, can I ask you something? When you say put it, put it back in wrestling fans' hands, what exactly do you mean? I just want to be sure, because I think I have an idea what you mean. I'm pretty sure everyone listening to this knows what you mean. I just want to be sure before I make my point on that, because I, I do have a counterpoint to all this. I'm kind of in the middle. Yeah. What, what do you mean by back? in the wrestling fans' hands? Well, when you go to an independent show, um, and one of the reasons that we really enjoyed our time at BCW and continue to enjoy our time at BCW is because you're able to go, you see a show, you see the wrestler right after, whether it's intermission, after the show, hanging around, available to create those moments with you and putting that product in your hands and saying like, hey, what did you think about tonight's match? Tell me about it. What did you like? What didn't you like? Let's snap a picture. Oh, let's go to the bar. Let's grab a drink. Let's talk about wrestling. Let's talk about life. You know, if you want to interact with me, I'm more than open to interacting with you. Also, you go okay. into a smaller venue. You're right there in the midst of the action. You know, you're no more than I would say, even if you're selling out a place, you're never more than 10 rows from the action. True. That's how close you True. are. That's how close you're okay. able to touch it and absorb it. Okay. So here's the thing. I get the I get you I get your analogy. I think what we what you mean is like you want wrestling fans to be I mean their voices to be heard. Even I say independent wrestling is trying to get fans out of the house, go to a show, spend the money, be part of the crowd, sing, chant, cheer, scream, whatever, do all like be active. And meanwhile, WWE is trying to just hey you can watch it at home here, whatever, blah blah. blah. That's great. You know my opinion, of course. You know who doesn't have that problem? That's cool. NXT. Uh-huh. NXT does not have that problem at all. And what I mean is, like, I don't want to say it's perfect, but damn, it's close. All right? It, it, I think they have everything going on that's right. It's, you're right. You could say it's a smaller company, but they got, they got big papa's money. You know? Mm-hmm. They, got, they got that funding behind them. Okay? What I mean is, when you go to an NXT show, you cheer for the good guys, and you boo the bad guys. And that's hard to get. In, in 2018 pro wrestling with all these smart fans. It's, yeah, but maybe the last show wasn't the best advice. Everyone loved Undisputed Era, and they hated, not they hated Oni Lorcan or um, the um, Babyface team, mm-hmm. but, you know, they didn't get booed, you know? You look at WWE, and you're watching constantly, constantly, the good guys getting booed, the bad guys being, um, bad guys getting cheered. In some cases, not all. NXT doesn't have the... Oh, um, I got to go to the show just so I could reject this baby face. They go there, you sit, you watch, and you enjoy it. I think that's what NXT is all about. That's what they want the fans to feel like, especially with all their, their twist, their turn, and great wrestling. With you can't, you can't complain about anything really with NXT other than the talent pool going up. Like the fact that one day they have to go to, uh, to the main roster. Yeah. It's, it's, it's saddening, you know, but then they, you know, they get you back with new talent, new roster, with a brand new roster. NXT doesn't have that problem. You know, I don't think you even, even if you watch it at home or you're in the arena, you love NXT. And this is, of course, my opinion. I'm not trying to brainwash anyone to say NXT is better than New Japan. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying like NXT is my wrestling and yeah. they got me. They, they hooked me. I took the bait and I'll, I'll eat all the time. That <laughs> that that uh that heel turn from Roderick Strong. Do you remember that? Yeah. Did you feel it? That's that's what I'm talking about. They're they're, they're master storytellers in NXT. You're they right. get the characters right. And you don't even think about 
oh, they're going to put this guy over. We're like, chill out, smart fan. Go enjoy the show. And that's what NXT does. When you watch the main roster, I think everyone's super critical. That's not normal, whatever. NXT, you don't even think about that. You go, you watch, and you you love Velveteen Dream and, and Ricochet. Hell Let them yeah. tear down the house. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, it's good wrestling. That's what you yeah. want. It's true. It's very, very true. So obviously we would know that uh, if you had your opportunity to put yourself in the WWE right now, you would probably pick to put yourself in NXT. Now, if you had the power to put Ace Andrews in any current storyline in NXT, where would you see yourself fitting in? Is it fair to say that I I want that Ty Dillinger storyline? You want his storyline? Do you know? Do you know? Fill, fill me in because well, I, as much as I like NXT, I'm not a, a weekly follower of okay. that product. It was about a year and a half ago. I think Ty Dillinger was on NXT, and he started from the bottom. This is what I mean: that he was Ty Dillinger, not even perfect ten. You know, he was just plain old Ty Dillinger. And then you saw him. You know, he was respectively doing the jobs to everyone, making everyone else look good. You lose, you lose, you lose, whatever, no problem. And then eventually people went up, and then it was his time to shine. Then he came up with the perfect 10 gimmick, and he would still go down and lose and lose. But people knew the name. Ty Dillinger, fine. He'll lose. We move on, whatever. But he put the work in. And he's, he's been in the longer than I'm even talking about now. But eventually, he was getting popular, just like how what's probably going on with Oni Loken now. Or, and I don't see Cash as Ono, but Oni Loken, he goes out there, he puts on a great match, he loses, no problem. But Oni Loken just got a shot for the NXT Tag Team title, you know? Yeah. That's, that's big money, that's big TV time. What I'm talking about with Ty Dillinger is what happened with him and Bobby Roode. Look, we all knew when Bobby Roode came, he'd be a big deal. This match with him and Ty Dillinger, eh, you know, he's going to he's gonna lose. No big deal. But Ty Dillinger got more over losing that night to Bobby Roode than it, it set his career. That was the re- that, that started the wheels of him going to the main roster. Mm-hmm. It, it, you pay your dues, you just, and you watch someone grow up in front of you, someone like Ty Dillinger. And that's, why, that's, that's something I would want in NXT, you know? Winning and losing, sorry, I, I hate to break your heart on all this. I'm not going to say it doesn't matter, but it's, it's going out there and winning the people over. That's what matters. Lose If you lose them, uh, it, that, that's something you go home and, and you put your head down to, you know? But when you go out there and you give your own and the people, strangers, love you and respect you for that, Yeah, that's, that's, that's the real winner. Winning and losing the match, not so much. But when you go out there, you get the people's respect, and then they, they put you over and they want to see you on the next show. They mm. want to see you this. And I want that storyline. And then when he came up, and he was and he debuted on 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 Tuesday Night SmackDown, it was a big deal. Yeah, and people recognized who he was. That that little build. I don't want the oh, I came here to be the world champion and stuff like that. Well, you're also putting yourself into a longer storyline because you actually have to go through those hills and valleys as a superstar to gain that popularity. So very smart, Ace. Very smart. Um, but while we're speaking about losing, let's turn the table into back into BCW. Now, you recently lost a match against Joey Ace. Um, and at the last show, you distracted him and caused him to lose the match. And you are fighting now to get a match with Joey Ace. Now, Joey Ace mm-hmm. 
is going to give you an opportunity because he has an opponent for you. And if you could defeat his opponent, then you will be able to gain your match again with Joey Ace. How do you feel about this? You talk about it doesn't matter about winning and losing, yet it does matter a lot to you right now. It does matter to me in that BCW ring. That's what I can say right now. That's my home right now. And I have to make every match count. That last match with Joey really pissed me off. Really did. I, I was looking forward to the contest. The whole ace versus ace gimmick was great. But I really wanted to test myself against an athlete, the caliber of Joey Ace. And for him to just go to underhanded tactics like raking my eye and low-blowing me for a finish, low-blowing me, why? Why not just face me one-on-one and then just beat me? He couldn't. He couldn't beat me. That's why. Mm. He had to resort to, I don't want to call him names and stuff like that, but it's pathetic, pathetic that he's been wrestling for about nine years. And none of his, none of his, his world-class wrestling te- techniques keep me down for a three count. He had to low blow me, rake my eyes blind. Come on, come on. Let me, let me get a rematch. I want the same standards as him and see if he can beat me. If he wants eye rakes and low blows, fine. Great. I'll be, I'll make sure we're a cup next time, you know? Mm-hmm. But let, give me Joey Ace. I've obsessed about it enough since April. And I don't care. I don't care who's going who's gonna to be against me. I don't care who's standing across the ring for me July 13th. That doesn't matter. That is not Joey Ace. But if that's my ticket to him, ooh, that boy's going to tap out faster. Ooh, you're going to make him tap out. Oh, what? What? Bro, what? The cross ace. I love it. It's, 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 no, I get it. I, I just, I just think bro. you know, it's, it's, it's very competitive to to get into a ring with someone and go for the one, two, two, three. But I feel like it's it takes it to the next level when you specifically want to go in to make someone tap out, to embarrass someone, to, to say oh, that yeah. I can't take any more punishment from my opponent that I have to tap out. So that's right for for me hearing that you want to go in and not just go for the victory of the one, two, three. But you want to go specifically to make them tap out. That that speaks volumes. Mike Skyros tapped out. That's a smart man. He couldn't handle it anymore. No problem. Live to fight another day. Tap out now. Go home. The cross ace is the secret weapon. That's not so much of a secret. I will make Joey Ace tap out. Or else I'll snap his head right off his neck. That may be a little graphic, but that's how bad I want Joey Ace again. Well, on July the 13th, red, white, and bruise, before you get to Joey Ace, you got to get through the man that Joey Ace will handpick to have you face. Now, he has a lot of friends. He has a, a deep root into legendary action wrestling, and I wouldn't be surprised if one of those boys come down and strategically put themselves in that match. But, um... Ace, it was a pleasure talking with you. For the first time, we've I've actually had a conversation in an interview about professional wrestling and more than just getting to know someone. So thank you for that. That was amazing. Thank you, man. No, thank um, you. It was, it was really fun. If uh, we wanted to follow you on social media and keep track, because I urge everybody who is a fan of professional wrestling to follow you on Facebook, because oh, yeah. you use that very well to really give us an insight before you get into the ring. So as a fan, thank you mm-hmm. for that. But where could we do that if we wanted to follow you? 
Okay. My suit name, I, I don't hide it at all. Um, it's Andrew Silvera. You can find me on Facebook. You see, I think my current profile picture is me and my beautiful girlfriend, who I love so much, who, you know, I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to spend the rest of my life with once I save up enough money to uh, get a nice engagement ring for her. Wow. So this is a shot of wrestling that. exclusive. They, wow. I mean, yeah, it's no secret, you know. <laughs> it, it, it really is. But that, that, Congratulations. that's what I mean, though. I am, thank you. It hasn't even happened yet. <laughs> but I, um, but that, that's the thing, too. I want... I want you. I want you to see Andrew because Andrew's eight. You know, mm-hmm. I talk about wrestling all the time. I'm, I'm I love wrestling conversations. Of course, I, I don't get sick of it. I really don't. So I, I love wrestling. I promote it. And I love it. It's it, it's my life passion. I want to do this just to be, um, just to be second place. This is this is all me. Um, so Andrew Silvera at Facebook. That's how you can find me. Mm-hmm. And on Instagram, you could you know you follow me. Uh, Ace Andrews Inc. Ace Andrews INC um, on Instagram. You know, follow me. I'll follow you back. Uh, yeah, just just let me know if you like my matches. You hate my matches? By all means, please let me know. I'm open to all criticism. Bring it on and just talk some wrestling or whatever. You know. Awesome, Ace. It was a pleasure to talk to you here on the show. But we have one more important thing. Let's get the news out of the way and some reviews. But uh, do you mind sticking around for last call? Oh, I love last call. Leave my wallet. If you enjoyed my interview with the Green Man, then stay tuned to the end of the episode for last call. It's in the news with Michael J. Putty. Thank you, S. Andrews. Look forward to seeing you at the upcoming Red, White, and Bruised. No, he's a class act. Let's get into the news. Bray Wyatt was involved in a head-on car crash last week. He was taken to Tampa General Hospital, but has since been released. He told TMZ that he's in good spirits. His vehicle is reportedly to have been totaled. Turns out, after further investigation, he's the one who's being blamed for the car accident. Apparently, Wyatt was not paying attention when he crashed into the car in front of him, which caused that car to veer off into the left and hit another vehicle. The official report states the cause of the crash is careless driving due to his failure to operate his vehicle in a careful and prudent manner. Now, it's unknown if Wyatt was distracted by something as the report doesn't make mention of anything specific. What Was he texting? Was he on his cell phone? Was JoJo giving him roadhead? Who knows? But he did return to the ring Friday night at a house show in Philadelphia, so probably wasn't injured too much. So happy to see him back. Hope everyone else is okay. No serious injuries have been reported. Now the news. WWE is reportedly prepared to offer contracts to Cody Rhodes, Kenny Omega, and the Young Bucks by the end of 2018. WWE is keen to sign them because they see them as their biggest right as competition. And of course, they want to eliminate that. I don't believe them. I would too. According to the Wrestling Observer, these contracts are large dollar amounts and will be offered to them by year's end. So despite these guys' legit star power, they're offering these contracts, you know, just to eliminate competition. And that's what you got to do. Post it on our social medias. Bozo Stan says, and I quote, I don't blame them if they take the money, but hope they don't. These four guys have created more competition for WWE since WCW. BR.X.N just said, just so they can bury them. Yeah, that makes sense. Jeremy.Waybright17 said, I think the Young Bucks will join. Kenny, I don't think so. Prince Havoc just said, God, no, please. So I guess we'll see what happens in the next six months. What are your thoughts on the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, and Cody Rhodes coming to the WWE? Let us know. Hit us up on our social medias or dial it up 619-343-3005. In other news, according to a report from the Wrestling Observer, the talents that have signed to join NXT UK have signed one-year contracts for £24,000, 
which translates to roughly about $31,746 U.S. dollars. This is an increase from what talents like Pete Dunne, Tyler Bate were previously getting paid, which is about approximately $20,000. The U.K. talents will still be able to take other bookings that the W approves of, but when they need them, they are required to fill those obligations over those indie promotions. Yeah, that makes sense. You gotta go to the hand that feeds you. W also has the option to terminate the contracts after the four-month and eight-month periods. So, interested to see where this goes. We'll keep you updated. Another news. Now, something I mentioned last week, well, someone else agreed with me. Kane's Democratic opponent, Linda Haney, has criticized him for returning to wrestling whilst running for mayor of Knox County because she felt like it was not a wise move. You know, I agree with her. She said, and I quote, I was really stunned to find out he was still pursuing it. I thought it was in the past. I thought in this crucial time he wanted to be here with the people. Being an entertainer doesn't make you a political figure. It may get you some votes, but I believe people want someone with common sense and who's ready to lead. Well... The big red monster wasn't sitting idly by taking that. He sent a statement to Newsweek saying, and I quote, after I'm elected mayor, I'll be mayor. I'm sure some people will say that I'm not focused and others will say that's the coolest thing ever. Again, you can't make everyone happy. You do just what you can and that's it. You're always going to catch criticism no matter what. And that's a good point. That's actually kind of fucking true. So I'm easing up on my criticism of Kane. I take it back. I rescind my heel from last week. He's got a point. So I go to Kane. You know the news. Once again, Ric Flair is scheduled to undergo surgery. The surgery will be serious, and it's hoped he can have his costume bag removed so he can, you know, return to more an active lifestyle. Maybe get back in the ring. Now, it's no secret. We reported it several times. Flair, you know, had a very hard time last year requiring life-threatening surgery back in August. His heart and his kidneys almost gave up on him through the years of alcohol and drug abuse. He was forced to have part of his bowels removed. If that was enough, you know, he had a pacemaker fitted in for him. Now, just another surgery for him. Like, oh, man, getting old sucks. If you're listening, you want some advice? Don't get old. It sucks. That's just my opinion. But I think you know who will agree with me. Wiki the Dragon Steamboat. He underwent hip surgery this week in North Carolina. Or as the locals say, North Carolina. He shared a photo on Twitter of him in his hospital bed following the surgery. Looking in good, good spirits. He looked pretty good, actually, coming out of surgery. The tweet read, and I quote, Got up and walked down the hall about four hours after surgery with zero pain. Thanks for all the love and prayer sent my way. Prayer works. The very next day, he tweeted again. Finally back at home resting up. Thanks again for all the well wishes and prayers. Very humbling. I have no doubt the dragon will be back and breathing fire again soon. You know, I don't have no doubt about that. So quick recovery to dragon. Quick recovery to Ric Flair. Whenever your surgery comes up, we'll keep you updated. You know the news. So remember last year, it was supposed to be like Shaq and the Big Show at WrestleMania after months of going back and forth. Started the SBs, traveled on Twitter and Instagram, all that stuff. And then Shaq finally bailed on the match. Well, here we go, folks. Rumors have started that the match might be back on for WrestleMania 35. After O'Neal made the following comment during an interview. And I quote, next April. Well, I got a little time to get these back biceps up. You ready for that big show? I don't think you are, baby. Oh, you can't squeeze that. Can't squeeze a rock, can you? I'll think about it. Go think about it. Didn't you just challenge him, so to speak? What's there to think about? I'm not getting any hopes up for this one. Not that I did in the first place, because who wants to see Shaq against Big Show? I think the Big Show deserves better for his last match against Shaq. You have to put Shaq over. Shaq's not going to do this to lose. But what does Shaq winning do? Nothing. So, I don't give a fuck. Do you? Let me know. At Mojo Party on Twitter Instagram. You know the news. Bret Hart recently spoke to CBS Sports in the Corner podcast about Owen's memory and how much it would mean to him to be in the Hall of Fame. And I quote, it's pretty important, but I'm not going to lose sleep over it. I think sometimes the Hall of Fame has lost a little bit of its luster anyway. I mean, I mean, anybody can get in. It doesn't matter if you're a great wrestler or what your accomplishments or contributions are. It doesn't matter. You look at some people in the Hall of Fame and some of the celebrities in there, and Owen, to be personally not being in the Hall of Fame, there's a lot of people who belong in the Hall of Fame who aren't in it. If it turns out the WWE is going to keep becoming a Hall of Fame that caters to suck-ups, people that are in the company that will owe a favor to whoever contributed to the business, I question the whole Hall of Fame itself, and I wonder if there will ever be a real Hall of Fame that caters to just the wrestlers for their contributions. WF and the rest of the world step up a little bit and start taking care, from a historical standpoint, the wrestlers that really made the company. 
I mean, oh, it would never matter to him if he was in the Hall of Fame or not, but I think it would mean a lot to family members, especially my father. And old Mark Henry, as an example, gave a strong speech about Owen getting to the Hall of Fame, and I totally agree. I think everybody does. It's kind of lengthy there, I just apologize, but yeah. And that's just the gist of that interview. He went on to name names, further detail, further trash talking, but he has a point. He asked what kind of Hall of Fame does have Owen Hart. What, what kind of Hall of Fame doesn't have the Dynamite Kid and the British Bulldog? That's one of the criticisms the Hall of Fame receives. We have Donald Trump, you have Drew Carey, you have Coco Beware, you have uh, Kevin Lou Albano. But then he goes on to talk about Owen's wife. And I quote, I think Martha Owen's widow, she's a very obtuse, square-headed person. I think she's done more to erase my brother Owen's memory than she ever did to remember him. I think it really bothers me that the fans that loved Owen so much don't get a chance to remember him. You do these kind of things for people that are here left to remember them. Now, Greek man gives you crap for talking about Owen Hart a lot, and uh, this is why. Owen's fans, Brett's fans, aren't going to let Owen's memory dissolve because his wife wants us to. We're going to keep Owen's memory alive, and hopefully one day he'll make it to the Hall of Fame. We'll get you back, buddy. We'll get you back. Just finished my first drink, so the whole Jack and Coke thing is working. So far, so good. In the news, this week marks the 24th anniversary of the opening arguments in the federal drug trafficking trial of Vince McMahon. A story many people don't remember, don't talk about, don't know the full details of what happened. I mean, I was only... What happened in 1993, 94? Oh, 10, 11? I don't remember. I was too busy playing video games, not watching the news. So how about you go into the vault, flashback to 1994. In 1993, McMahon was indicted in federal court by the U.S. Attorney for the Eastern District of New York after a steroid controversy engulfed the promotion, and he had to temporarily give up control of the WF to his wife, Linda. Vince was charged with routinely obtaining anabolic steroids from wrestlers and employing a shady Pennsylvania doctor with an easy hand to prescription pad hand to ensure regular shipments of the juice were sent to WF headquarters. The case went to trial in 1994, this week, 1994, where he was accused of distributing the said steroids to his wrestlers. Well, one notable prosecution witness was Kevin Walkholtz. Watchholtz? Nails, remember Nails? The guy in the orange jumpsuit? Yeah. He was fired from the company after a violent confrontation with McMahon himself. He testified that McMahon had ordered him to use steroids, but his credibility was thrown out the window when it was made clear that he hated Vince McMahon. The prosecution's intended star witness was Hulk Hogan. This backfired when Hogan testified that McMahon never told him to take or even tried to sell him steroids, although he did admit that they both shared the drug back in the 1980s. McMahon himself testified he had taken steroids back in the 80s as well, confirming Hogan's testimony. Well, in the end, the federal jury acquitted McMahon after deliberating for only 16 hours over two days, and he then resumed his role in the day-to-day operations of the WWF. And of course, McMahon's family and friends joined the wrestling fans in wild applause when the verdict was read to a packed courthouse. After the verdict, he told reporters, I'm elated, just like in wrestling, in the end, the good guy always wins. So that's the story of Vince McMahon being federally indicted on drug trafficking charges and how it came to an end. Imagine if he was found guilty. What would we be doing? What would the state of professional wrestling be? Thankfully, we'll never have to know. Cheers and heels. Let's get right into it. A shot of wrestling presents here and here. Well, the FBI is out on my screen with Trinity, barely wearing this like cutout jumpsuit thing. Whew. Beautiful woman, beautiful. What are we talking about? Oh yeah, the news. No, cheers and heels. That's right, cheers and heels. Okay, got it. Start with Raw. We're gonna heal. You know, there's no in memory graphic for Matt Capitelli. Well, it takes like three seconds. You can do that. That sucks. Of course, I'm going to cheer is the biggest return on Raw in what a long-ass time. Dr. Shelby's back. I think the guy even had a picture of uh, Team Hell No hanging in his office. But that was the only picture. That's weird. Mm, nice touch, though. 
I got to cheers to Kevin Owens wearing a Baron Corbin hoodie. Nice, subtle way to kiss up. Nice touch. I liked it. How convenient was that porta potty that had a rope attached to it? <sighs> Enough with this. I'm, uh, I'm, I talk about it all the week. I'm, I'm done with this guy. I was bored with security. Why did nobody try to stop him from doing this? He trapped a man in a porta potty and hijacked it. Like, no one wants to stop this guy. And really, when you think about it, what did Kevin Owens even do to cause Strowman to torment him like this? Nothing. First, he flipped his car. Now, this? Uncalled for. Especially should be arrested. Yeah, everyone cheers this guy. Makes no fucking sense. Fuck Braun Strowman. Quick little tidbit. This was the first Raw that aired in Sioux Falls. And also, Curtis Axel's win was the first time that he had won two straight singles matches in five years. That's crazy. But congratulations to him and hope it's uh, many more to come. They're going to SmackDown. I live-tweeted SmackDown this week. If you want to go back and check out my tweets, my raw reactions to what's going on, use the hashtag SOWSDL on Twitter and uh, follow my journey as I watch SmackDown live. Live. Anyway. You know, cheers to Usos with another great promo. Man, I miss those heel Usos. Uh, those those promos last year, the feud with the New Day, they won me over so much. And kind of got a glimpse of it again here. And yeah, they make a great point. Like, why is Team Hell No getting a title opportunity for no reason? Because they hugged? It makes no sense. I'm firmly in the corner of the Usos here because Team Hell No? Okay. I'm going to cheers the Miz-Jeff Hardy match. Great match. Much better than the first time they went around. They even got two commercial breaks. I would not mind seeing this again, or maybe hopefully turn into some sort of rivalry. But you no, know, with this match, and a couple weeks ago, Dolph Ziggler, Seth Rollins match, you see what happens when you give these guys enough time to do something. Let's keep it up. Don't give these guys five minutes or six minutes. Give these guys enough time to actually tell a story, to put on a show. And these guys did, and uh, hopefully they keep it up. I'm going to heal that battle of the sexes. What, you know, what a waste. Tied it up so much. <sighs> what a fucking waste. Hung out with Erwin Escobar, the voice. The man of a thousand opinions. He thought it would be better off if Paige actually went on that date with James Ellsworth and Asuka interrupted. It would be off-site. They could edit it. They could do whatever they wanted to do with it. It could be more entertaining, more funny, put some humor into it. And yeah, I think anything would have been better than what we got. Let's see what happens next week in this Lumberjack match. By the way, I'm happy they got rid of the Lumberjill match and go back to talking what it was, a Lumberjack match. Lumberjills always sat weird with me for some reason. I don't know why. All right, enough enough of that. Lucha Underground. So wait, if you lose a casket match... In the temple. You die? Like, they made it seem like Phoenix was dead. Did Phoenix die? What's going on here? I'll go to Cheers. The intergender tag team match. It's good to see men fighting with women. And it, and it being seen as normal. Not a special attraction. W makes it. It wasn't a man and a woman against a man and a woman. It was two tag teams going against each other. Gender had nothing to do with it. So that was kind of refreshing to watch. Man, Ty is a fucking badass. Good for Johnny Mundo. And Cheers, you know, oh snap. It's Austin from Big Brother 17. The Luchasaurus. He's back. Good to see him. So he's wearing a mask. That girl wearing blue was wearing a mask. Why was that, why was that guy not wearing a ma- reptile mask? He's with the reptiles, right? But he's not wearing reptile masks? What, what's the deal there? Is he not a reptile? Then the cheers. Oh, snap. It's Jesse from Big Brother 10 and 11. Mr. Pectacular. Two former Big Brother contestants on one show. Can't get wrong with that, folks. Can't get wrong with that. How about Big Brother this week, too, by the way? Can't cheers and heels it here, but great first week. First eviction wasn't a unanimous vote. It was kind of split. It's like week seven stuff. Getting at week one. Hopefully the precursor to a great season. We'll keep you updated. Now, what's the deal with this guy's son, uh, Dario Corto? Or is it that the son? The other guy. The, the guy who reminds me of Bane. You know, the Batman and Robin Bane. Not the Dark Knight Rises Bane. The guy who beat Mr. Spectacular. What's going on with this guy? I don't know the full details. Do you? Let me know. Inbox or uh, I, don't, I don't get it. On to Impact. Oh, snap. Apparently he's not because Phoenix is alive. But didn't he just die on the ground? Here's on Impact like nothing had happened. Kind of cheers the following 
Phoenix Richwan match. Another great match on TV this week. You know, who knew Richwan could wrestle like that? They're very, very impressive. Could he heal the killer cross wrestling an impact? He attacked several people backstage. The cops, the authorities, I think the FBI at one point got involved trying to figure out who is the man attacking these in- innocent victims. Yet they signed him anyway? You wanted to arrest this guy, you signed him to a contract? As I'm thinking this, Josh Matthews asked Don Callis about it, like why? Man, you know, his answer didn't make any sense. I didn't buy I wasn't buying into it. OVE promo backstage, held a camcorder, maybe a GoPro, three men wearing masks, talking about how dominant they are, what they're going to do. Very reminiscent about the original Shield promos. Just a little tip I've thrown out there. Then Austin Aries, got a promo against Moose. Damn, was it good. There was even an XFL reference. He was talking about how wrestling was his first career choice, his first passion, his first love. He had to go fail at his first career to fall back on wrestling, like Moose did with the NFL. So he did a great lengthy promo about his passion, where it started, where he came from, how he came up in the business. Then he ended it with by saying, you know, once I beat him at Slammiversary, I hope the XFL is looking for a shitty offensive lineman. Thanks for giving an exposure to the XFL. Preach. Thanks. Thanks for the shout out. So here we go. Katrina made her return to the ring. Talking about last week, I was so hyped for it. It's been a while since I actually seen her in the ring, but her opponent turned out to be Rebel. Now, now as I mentioned a couple weeks ago, when I first saw her, damn, that was love at first sight. Ask anybody. Rebel's a textbook definition of putty's type. You know, the damn and the mm and the mm. So that was all over the place in this match. Roller coaster of emotions. Yeah, not for nothing. I hope it's a rematch. Definitely want to see this again and again and again. I probably will tonight. But in the main event, you saw Congo Khan versus Brian Cage. Damn, what another good match. These two big behemoths. One's a big, strong, muscular brute in Brian Cage. The other's a big, heavy set, kind of fat guy in Congo Khan. But you know that spot where like guys like Kofi Kingston and Finn Balor will run into the ropes, run back, and then they'll flip over the top rope and do like do some sort of jumping, twisting thing? Fucking Brian Cage did that, okay? Men like that don't do things like that. This guy did. Then at one point, the big fat guy, Congo Khan, did a hurricanrana on Brian Cage. What? <laughs> what did I just watch? Impact, July 5th, 2018, Brian Cage versus Congo Khan. Go check that out. Spot after spot after spot. It's crazy. Ready for this, folks? Clip of the week. Ongoing struggle and battle with the clip of the week. This time was only 1 minute, 27 seconds. Bravo. Finally listening to me. That's how you do it. You still gave away the ending, but now I'm more inclined to go back and watch this match to see what led to that ending because that 1 minute, 27 seconds left me wanting more. So keep that up. That's how you do it. That's how you sell a network. Good job. Finally listening to me. Jeez. Keep it up. Please keep it up. Another thing is like, so LAX is the Latin American exchange. Does that mean, does that name not make any sense? Like, what are you exchanging? So Conan then confronted King. After pushing his buttons, King just folds like a wet napkin and admits to being the one ordering the hit on Conan. But then the fucking original LAX members, Homicide and Hernandez, come out of nowhere and attack the current LAX? Like, what's going on? Who's who? Who am I rooting for? Who's, who's, what, 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 what? You know, ultimately, I guess I'll tune in next week to see how the current LAX and Conan respond to the old LAX and King. So confusing. I think I need an LAX Wolfpack. Overall, Impact wasn't that bad. Once again, if you're not watching Impact, does not watch on Thursday nights, watch Impact. You won't be disappointed. And hopefully you guys answer some of my fucking questions. More often, I have more questions than cheers and heels. But anyway, let's get into some ratings. This week's Raw drew 2.707 million viewers, which is up 1.65% from last week's 2.663 million. Raw was number three in the night in viewership behind Hannity and Tucker Carlson. Raw was number two in the 18 to 49 demographic behind Love and Hip Hop. 
SmackDown this week drew a 2.013 million, which is down 5.7% from last week's 2.135. And is a new low for 2018. And the second lowest show since they moved to Tuesday nights behind uh, election night. SmackDown was number seven in viewership for the night behind Retro Maddow and all the Fox News shows. The FIFA World Cup game topped the night in the 1849 demographic. Impact this week drew a 304,000, which is up from last week's 354,000. This week's viewership was the first to break 300,000 since mid-May. Hannity topped the night in viewership. And a replay of Captain America Civil War on TNT was number one in the 1849 demographic with 1.473 million viewers. That just proves there's nothing on TV Thursday nights besides Big Brother at 9 p.m. on Channel 2, the live edition shows. So if you're home Thursday nights, check out Impact on Pop. Google it to a channel it is. No, check it out. Bloody Wrestling this week. Let's get into some go-home thoughts. Next week, July 15th, is Extreme Rules. However, this time, we will not be hosting a viewing party. There will be no viewing party for Extreme Rules for various reasons. But hopefully, we'll be back for the next show. Stay tuned. Wrestling brings us together. So it's better to watch it with people than alone. So hopefully, we'll be back for the next show at the Crown Room on Bell Boulevard in Bayside, Queens. But next week, July 13th, is also BCW's Red, White, and Bruised. Not coming from the world-famous Elks Lodge here in Queens. It's coming from the St. Helens gym somewhere in the fucking Bronx. In the Bronx, where they charge you a total enter and they charge you a total leave. You know, it's only a bridge here in New York to do so. And not for nothing, it doesn't sound like a place that's going to have a bar. I mean, there probably will be plenty of red wine. But, you know, you can't drink that. So do I need to bring actually flasks? Because there's not going to be enough time for me to pregame since I have to work and, you know, go to the fucking Bronx. But I digress. Let's get into the card. Faye Jackson will take on Aja Pereira. Ace Andrews. Goes against Just Neff. Joey Ace will go against Chris Banks. But then Ace Andrews challenge Joey Ace? I guess we'll find out what happens here. Red, White, and Bruce. He's the future host of those two guys. Gilly Ducklings will go against East Coast Syndicate. Ali Rex takes on Sasha Steeles. Then we have the return of the monster match. Vince Steele, Jeff Cannonball, Logan Black, and Billy Brash. Darius Carter takes on Tim Hughes. Eric Jaden goes against Vinny Pacifico. Mick Drake and Brute from Federated take on Alvin Alvarez and Bison from PCA. Rumor is, folks... The injured Mike Orlando might be at ringside. We'll see what happens there. And Azrael once again defends his BCW World Heavyweight Championship against the man he was supposed to do it last time, Sean Carr. Not too familiar who Sean Carr is? Go back and check out episode 119, where he sat down with the Green Man. We learned a lot about Sean Carr. As he prepared for summer on Smash, but now he just, you know, but now he just prepares for uh, Red, White, and Bruised. Great name. Also, we are still taking your phone calls for Eric Jaden's love advice. Thank you to all those who have called in so far. We appreciate it. We'll get you your answers soon. we got to coordinate schedules. we got a few more callers. So just keep an eye out for the next episode of the Love Hotline with Eric Jaden. So dial it up. 619-343-3005. What brings us to another end of another episode? Thank you for joining me here in episode 124 of A Shot of Wrestling. The show is from the fans to the fans. So make sure you get involved in the conversation. Inbox at ShotOfWrestling.com. A Shot of Wrestling on Instagram and Facebook. Shot of Wrestling No A on Twitter. You know, get involved in the conversation. Your comments could be read on a future show. Your voicemails could be played on a future show. Just get, get involved in the conversation. Get involved. It's more fun when you get involved. That's all we got for you here, folks. Episode 124. Looking forward to episode 125 live from BCW's Red, White, and Bruised. So make sure you tune in for that next week. So for the Green Man, for the ace that runs the place, Ace Andrews, I have been your host at Michael J. Putty. Take care of yourselves and each other. Putty out. All right, everyone, just when you think you're done, they bring you back in. And this time, I did not come alone. I came with the ace that runs the place, Ace Andrews. How are you, my man? 
I'm good. I'm good. All right. You made it to the end of the episode. So it's last call. Rapid fire questions. The first uh-huh. thing that comes to your mind is the first thing you should answer. Are you ready? Oh, my God. <laughs> God, I hope so. And away we go. What is the worst job you've ever had? GameStop. What age would you like to permanently live in? Twenty-three. Other than wrestling, what is your favorite sport? Basketball. Who is your favorite wrestler? Eddie Guerrero. Come on. What is the worst habit that other people have? Uh, just be rude. That a habit? That count? I don't know. Sure. For some people, which was your favorite WrestleMania? Seventeen. Come on. You can't think <laughs> What is That's your one. What is your favorite holiday? Not Christmas. Halloween. What state or country do you never want to go back to? Oh, man. Who am I going to bury? Uh, <laughs> I can't skip? No. Oh, oh Gotham City. I'm going to go with that. Go. All right. <laughs> and finally, which WWE era would you like to wrestle in the most? God, that's a tough one. I would say, I would like to say, attitude era right but i would i you know what i would love to wrestle in this era to be honest the triple h nxt era i like that it. that's wrestling <laughs> that is wrestling at its purest and best form my opinion what a time to be alive as a wrestling fan that's a fact and on that note ace andrews it was a pleasure to have you on the show and we'll see you at an indie show near us very soon Thank you for having me, Green Man. It was a lot of fun. Hey, baby, I hear the bell ringing, hip tosses and body slams. Oh, my. And maybe you seem a bit confused. Yeah, baby, but I got you pinned. Ha, 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 ha. But I don't know what to do when I see them with that golden case. They're cashing it in. Authority all in my face. What is a man to do? Good night, everybody. <laughs>